The Parking Podcast is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the world's largest association for professionals in parking, mobility, and transportation. Learn more at parking-mobility.org. Hello and welcome to The Parking Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the $100 billion parking industry and the people that make it go. I'm your host, Isaiah Mao, and this is The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. Welcome back to another episode of The Parking Podcast. Joining us on the podcast today is Ken Smith, Parking and Mobility Manager with the City of Omaha, and overall, one of my favorite people in the parking industry. How are you doing today, Ken? Pretty good. Thanks, Isaiah. Thanks for joining, man. And I always uh, start off the same way. So, Ken, I'm interested myself because I don't think I know the whole story, but tell us how you got into parking. Into parking. I actually thought I was going to be a pilot one day. I was in the military and uh, doing my weekend duties and, you know, trying to become a pilot through the aviation program here in Omaha and uh, took an elective in community and regional planning. And I just had these two parallel paths going between the military and what I thought I was going to do in school. And uh, eventually it just came together, came good friends with instructor. He says, oh, you should go to planning school. About that same time, the military had some mishaps and I didn't quite get in the the ROTC program, uh, not because I wasn't qualified, but just because they had some, uh, took away some benefits. And uh, so it just worked out. And I went on to go to get my master's in planning. And during that time, I interned underneath the transportation department in Lincoln. At the time, they had one person running parking and it was a fairly new program. And it's, ah, I want you to go help this person over there from parking. And ever since then, I've never been able to get away from it. It's just been I went on to do some consulting work for A&E firm, and every time a plan came up that involved parking, I said, hey, why don't you take a look at this, lay it out, come up with the ratios, like, all right, fine. I uh, did some community development work, and same thing, parking was always part of that conversation. And finally, Lincoln said, hey, we're going to really be serious about this parking. Why don't you come back and do it? And I said, all right, what's it pay? And they gave me the mountain. I said, Oh, I'll be there right away. It's double, <laughs> yeah. it's double what I was making and doing as a planner. So I, I was off and off to Lincoln and started parking uh, there and, and the rest is history. Yeah, that's a huge program as well. So you've managed all the, all the big cities in, in Nebraska. <laughs> so that's that's yeah. awesome. And the I like big cities that have yeah, uh, parking yeah, programs. <laughs> well, there's not many, but no, that's a, it's a great state. So you, you actually went to school and study this kind of, I know doesn't touch into parking that much, but some planning, transportation. So that's pretty cool. But let's talk about Omaha, which is where you are now. I love the city. I, I visited once and I believe there's like this Lois and Clark Visitor Center. Do you know what I'm talking about? The, the Lewis and Clark Visitor Center? Yeah. Lewis and Clark yes. Visitor Center. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess they, you know, they, it's part of where the path they went when they were exploring the West, but that's where I came and learned about more about Omaha. It was known as the gateway to the West. And I always joke that Park Omaha, the parking uh, operation that you run, I, I call it the gateway into the parking industry because so many vendors and solutions went through Omaha. They started, they piloted, they began their career working or piloting in the Omaha parking operation. Mm-hmm. So that kind of got me interested. I've talked with you about this in the past, but you you often don't mind giving a small up and coming company a chance. You don't mind demoing or I hate to use the word guinea pig, but being a guinea pig for a <laughs> solution. So I have a list here, but maybe before we go through that, I just wanted to 
talk to you about that. Like, you know, how, what do you look at when you have a vendor that maybe doesn't have that resume, Mm -hmm. but you can tell they're hungry, they're eager. Is it, is it just a gut feeling? Is it pricing? Is it, you know, what do you look at when you decide to give a vendor a chance? I think I've always kind of been intrigued about the technology part of parking and it's always kind of interesting to go up to those, uh, you know, tables at the conferences and sit there and they, they just, that's all they have is a table and their, their name written up there. And it's like, what are you guys doing here? What do what you got? And you, you start talking to them and they, they really have this concept of how they think parking. And it's usually an outside influence coming in thinking they can solve parking. And I say that respectfully because they have good intentions, but I think a lot of people, as anybody does, oversimplifies parking. And once you start working with them and getting into it, it's kind of like you kind of get this partnership and uh, really create a program. And so I think uh, maybe I was being disruptive before disruptive was a uh, term that everybody wanted to use. So it's been an interesting partnership, and that's something that's always intrigued me and kept me going. So. Yeah, that's true. That's the perfect word, disruptor. You, you, you've started so many disruptors in the parking industry, but in a great way. So uh, one of the big ones was, was Passport. I know they're a great company. They've been around for a long time. I don't know if they, you were their first municipal contract or maybe the first white label. I can't remember the story there, but tell us about the origin of bringing Passport to Nebraska. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. Again, they were at the table with that's all it was. And you saw Bob and Christian and Charlie sitting there, uh, you know, trying to present something. And it really came from uh, Charlie worked for one of the parks vendors and had some interesting concepts. So he went off and tried to do it on his own. And they were really looking at the park system, but they had this little mobile payment platform over there. And I, I was really intrigued about that. So I started talking more about that and we started getting into it. And it kind of just came evolved from there. And about that same time, I was looking at branding the Omaha system uh, as, you know, what are we going to look like to the public? And it was Todd Pierce that said, why don't we just, hey, Ken, you got this branding going on here. It's Park Omaha. Why don't you just run with that? They said, just make everything Park Omaha. And, you know, he really helped me kind of, yeah, that's not bad. Let's do that. So we ran that with, uh, through Passport. And um, I said, hey, Passport you guys have a great app here and I think there's an application here. We could evolve this, but once you just take the images and just revert it to a white label. So each city could brand their own system and they liked that idea. And we kind of just hooked up and uh, continued down that path. And before you knew it, they had Chicago and Boston and others that were jumping on board with it. And I think it was good that cities can brand their system like that. And they had, a willing partner in the industry or a vendor to help them. Yeah. As my, one of my other favorite people in the industry, Mike Bandy says before there was park Chicago app, there was the, the park Omaha. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. The, the history, the origin behind there. One thing I'm not sure if you guys do, a lot of cities are now with COVID kind of guinea pigging or testing out the idea of mobile payment only zones. Is that something that you've considered or, or have implemented or thinking about implementing where there's maybe no meters in a certain zone or area, it's mobile payment only? We actually are. We have a, some neighborhood business districts that are kind of looking at doing a parking benefit district. And instead of trying to come in there and put meters and you know putting a whole parking system, we're looking at mobile payment only in those areas. 
Uh, and we have one in particular that's really gung-ho about it. So hopefully this spring, early summer, we can launch uh, a mobile payment only area and kind of test and get our feet wet with that type of system and then move into possibly the CBD area. Uh, I'm not surprised you guys are all over that. So another one is Barnacle. So I know, again, another great application. Some cities were a little nervous about the publicity with the just how they look on the windshield. But Omaha, what, were you guys kind of the first municipality to, to implement, implement this or one of the first? So, you know, maybe for some listeners who aren't sure, tell us what the Barnacle is and then sure. walk us through the decision to implement this concept. Yeah. I'm not sure if we were the first, but I think we were the first to really kind of brand it as a Park Omaha system or part of our system. And we were kind of in the position where uh, we did not have a legitimate booting program in place uh, or a mobilization program in place. And so we had an opportunity to kind of really be flashy with something and get the public's attention with uh, the scofflaws. Uh, So we worked with a PR firm and the Barnacle Group to kind of create some videos and some kind of icons and, you know, just a whole program around it. And um, I think they really took on to it. You know, the Barnacle was certainly unique in how it mobilized a vehicle. Um, It's basically a device that has two large suction, these industrial suction cups uh, that you place on a windshield. And uh, just nobody had really seen anything like that. So like I said, we had an opportunity there to really make something flashy. And, and you did see it come in through the citations. The day we announced it, you saw the citation payments just jump Started up. Started flooding <laughs> in, yeah. Started <laughs> flooding in. Yeah, yeah. Once it got going, it's been a good program for us. And, you know, we can't complain on how it's been working. So, Yeah, and I love the idea of the self-releasing because it mm-hmm. is more customer service. I see pros and cons to both, but just the ability to not have to wait an hour or three hours for someone to come and release the boot. You could do it yourself and get on with your day and definitely way more customer friendly than being towed because half the time they think their car's stolen because they can't find it. But right, right. Uh, kudos there. And another one I just saw the press release recently was about the smart zone implementation with Cord. So Cord has been on the podcast before. So I encourage you guys to check out that episode. But tell us exactly what the smart zone pilot program is. Cord's program is really about uh, curbside management. We're, as anybody is, you know, that's become the hottest real estate uh, for a parking program. And I think we struggle with, uh, we have a number of loading zones that are just set up there and it's done for deliveries, but a lot of our vehicles, our delivery vehicles, don't fit in those zones. So we've been kind of taking a step back and saying, how do we manage this loading zone program? How do we keep them from blocking the streets? How do we get them access the curb that they need? And so we partnered with Cord on this program to start analyzing some of the data. We had some good feedback or some good partnerships with the fleets around uh, Omaha. And, um, you know, it's been good for us. Cord program allows the driver to kind of schedule their routes or schedule those zones where they're going to be and allows them an opportunity to kind of get up to the curb without blocking uh, traffic or being out in the street. And a lot of cases, it's a lot, it's a safety issue because now if you have a bike lane or something else that's there, that truck is parked in the street. Now the bikes, bicyclist has to go around that and they're out in the traffic now. So it's kind of multi 
pronged approach here to uh, this dynamic curb space that we're trying to manage now. Why we're not quite there, uh, I know Cord's making leaps and bounds on other progress with some other cities. I think we have some policy making here, but it is it is the way of the future. We're, we're going to need to get to that point where cities are managing, inventorying, and taking notice of what their curb line looks like. Yeah, and then that kind of leads to another question I had where you guys recently added mobility to your name. So I guess you ran the parking department, correct me if I'm wrong, but now it's the parking and mobility department. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the evolution there to add mobility to part of your your uh, sure. responsibilities? Yeah, and I think that for, you know, it kind of falls along the lines with curbside management and access, uh, but it's also access to that first and last mile connections. And we wanted to make sure we were kind of that glue that brought those pieces or those elements together. We recently, OMA was successful in implementing bus rapid transit system. So we're partnering with them, make sure we're getting those first last mile connections with our parking facilities. Kind of like parking, we were horizontally aligned from a management perspective, and that's kind of what mobility was. We had all these different entities trying to run mobility and these uh, alternative modes, but no one was really taking or shaping the system. So uh, we've taken on the scooter program, and just recently here, beginning in January, we took on the uh, rideshare program for bicyclists. Yeah, and that's, again, talking about guinea pig and being on the, the forefront and disruptors. I know one other thing you did was, I can't remember how it works, but you used your relationship with Passport to kind of help manage the scooters and the, yeah, the different scooters out there. So do you want to maybe tell us quickly kind of about that as well? Yeah, I, certainly a Passport uh, came up with the idea to um, charge a idle fee for scooters are sitting um, and I think that was helpful from the standpoint of many times or often you'll see the scooter vendors come in and they just blanket the city. And while that's effective for them from a deployment standpoint to get the most out there as they can, from a city standpoint, it really kind of impacts the complaints, the citizen concerns of scooters being everywhere. It's both a blessing and a curse. It, scooters right out the front door when you need it, but it's also right out the front door where you could trip on it too. So, yeah. um, so we kind of took the approach with them of doing an idle fee or a parking fee and charging it. And so we set up different zones, um, basically red, yellow, green, and blue zones. And we charge a fee for how long that's sitting there. Red uh, is automatic enforcement zone where they're automatically fined for that uh, scooter being parked there or left there. Uh, they in turn charge the user for that. And then green, you can actually, on the flip side, you can in incentivize people to leave scooters at those locations. So near our bus rapid transit or parking facility where it may be, we'll, we've created credits that if you leave a scooter here or it's plugged into the station uh, for charging, we'll actually give you you know, a credit towards your next ride. Wow, I didn't know it was that that cool. That's probably one of my favorite things you've done. So that really helps with the scooter litter and uh, helps with placing them in appropriate places across mm -hmm. the city. Well, well done. So what about on the flip? Have you ever, you know, maybe you don't have to list the, the company or the concept, but you know, have you ever taken a chance on something and it didn't work? And how did you deal with that? Or if anything doesn't come to mind, that's fine too. 
Yeah, I I can say we've certainly had our ups and downs with uh, uh, some products, um, but that's uh, you know lessons we've learned, and we know not to make the same mistake twice. So it's it is what it is, and you you try to work through this each of those scenarios, and you cut your losses when you have to. But I think it's like any business manager; that's, those are the things they have to think about when they're running a program. All right, so one of my bucket list items is to be on the cover of a parking magazine. That's my dream. Something you have done, been there, done that. No, but seriously, congrats. What, what, what was that about? What was the story behind your cover of the parking today last year? That was related with the cord project we did, the smart zones we set up and the, you know, that process. So yeah, I, I, I couldn't have done it without my staff and cord doing all the work. I, I, I think I just became the front man for it. So uh, I love it. Well said. And so, man, I keep, now I'm just, looks like I'm lying because I keep saying all my favorite people, you, Mike, but there's someone else I love in the, the parking industry or used to be in the parking industry. And that is Keiko. So I, for, for those that don't know, that is Ken's wife. I wanted to write a article in one of the magazines about, I want to call it love in the time of parking because there's so many people that have met in the parking industry at conferences. Sure. I think of Nathan, Carmen, Danelle, lots of others, but tell us how you met your wife because I think it has a parking story. Uh, it tell does. us the story behind that. Yeah, you know, it was actually a Southwest Parking Conference in Reno, and uh, I was the first to check in, and she happened to be working for uh, Michelle Horton at the university down there in Reno, and it just uh, now went from there. We just hit it off, and after the conference, two weeks later, I came back to visit her and. Never, never stopped visiting. So <laughs> still visiting her, you know, uh, almost 16 years later. <laughs> wow. What a great story. And that actually led to the next question. And, you know, you had your wife, you, and now I believe your son is even dabbling into parking. I know my good friend, Brian Scoggins, his son, Brian Scoggins, Jr. Romy, his son's in parking. So mm-hmm. your son just started. So tell us about what that's like having a a wife that knows it and a son that knows, knows <laughs> pains and joys of the parking industry. Sure. Well, he, he is actually uh, going to school for IT, but he really wanted to have some experience as well. So he's kind of our IT section of uh, the parking division here and kind of learning the ropes and getting his feet wet in the parking industry. I certainly uh, would like to see him continue on and move on, uh, but I know being in the IT world, those sort of jobs are in high demand. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm hoping he'll be done here in a year with his program at the university and uh, move on to bigger and better things. And if that's in the parking world, great. But yeah, that may be one of the, the hottest jobs in the parking industry is people that have that technology background. But uh, Ken, so uh, love your story. Love hearing about Park Omaha. When you are not parking cars, what do you like to do for fun? Oh boy! I think uh, having four kids and uh, you know certainly keep me busy with sports and athletics and whether it's football or basketball. And I, I know you're a basketball fan or a basketball player as well. And it, it's interesting though. I, I also do some basketball officiating on the side, and uh, so brave, I think it's challenging. You are a brave man, a brave man. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny is that I do enforcement here at work and then I go home, I do enforcement on the court. So, <laughs> so it's, I, just, I just stick with the enforcement thing. I just stick with what I know. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, so I played high school basketball and 
there's another gentleman, Brent Matthews, who runs the city of Chattanooga's parking with Carta. Great parking professional, but he actually used to ref my games in high school. Oh, wow. And then he was, he, he's a client of ours for a long time. And I used to joke, he, he gave me my, my first technical. Uh, so, <laughs> so we have some good stories about that. But uh, what about listeners that maybe want to learn more or follow along with what's going on with Park Omaha? Because you guys are always groundbreaking, revolutionizing the parking industry. So how can listeners kind of keep track of all the, the new products and solutions going on yeah. in Omaha? No, we're certainly uh, very active on the social media fronts, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We try to stay involved with that. Haven't gotten involved with TikTok too much yet, so, uh, but we try to keep our citizens and others communicated as far as what's happening in the parking world. And those are our fronts. And you got to kind of go to whatever social media outlet that your users are doing. So uh, certainly, uh, we have to, you have to get into all of them. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, I barely know what TikTok is. So I'm, I'm impressed, Ken. It must be <laughs> like the kids their ages. So uh, yeah, and I'll put the, the website and some of the social media yes. accounts in the show notes so listeners can, uh, can follow along. So Ken, man, thank you so much for uh, your mentorship over the years. And thank you so much for joining the podcast. I had a blast. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. To our listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Parking Podcast. Please leave us a review and tell a friend about our show. It would mean a lot. This has been a production of Synchronicity Media, produced by me, Isaiah Mao. Our music and score is by Zona. Our show art and design is by the talented Allison Gilly. You can follow us on social media at The Parking Podcast, or you can find our website with bonus content at parkingcast.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. This episode is brought to you by Parker Technology, the customer experience solution of choice in the parking industry. Parker's solution puts a virtual ambassador in every lane to help parking guests pay and get on their way in under a minute. Parker helps capture revenue, provides better customer service, enables your staff to focus on other on-site tasks, and keeps traffic moving, all according to your business rules. With the Parker solution, you'll also enjoy access to real-time call data and recordings. Learn more at helpmeparker.com slash parkingpodcasts. Are you interested in your parking organization becoming APO, Accredited Parking Organization Certified through the International Parking and Mobility Institute? Or perhaps you're interested in one of your green garages becoming ParkSmart Certified through USGBC? Well, the Parking Podcast is here to help. Our Parking Accreditations Consultants Network will ensure you are matched with the best site reviewer or green garage assessor available for a fraction of the price. Learn more at parkingcast.com consulting. This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, publishers of the industry's only soup-to-nuts textbook about all things parking. It's called A Guide to Parking, and several of our guests from previous episodes have contributed to this wonderful little textbook. Learn more and order your own copy at parking-mobility.org textbook.